Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. Also, we'll have details on Stats Canada's March 31st stocks report. And up first in today's country comment, we'll be joined by Carrie Hamill, Director of Conservation with the Nature Conservancy of Canada in Manitoba. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Nature Conservancy of Canada is working with landowners Cal and Elaine Cuthbert to see their property safeguarded through a conservation agreement. The riparian grassland and forested property in the Inner Lake region has been in the Cuthbert family since 1884 through four generations. Carrie Hamill is Nature Conservancy of Canada Director of Conservation in Manitoba. The landowners, Cal and Elaine Cuthbert, have made the incredible decision to donate a conservation easement agreement to Nature Conservancy of Canada. And what that means is that the, the habitat values and the amazing um, you know, natural world that exists on their property uh, will be there forever. Just talk a little bit about how this all came together. Sure. Yeah, the landowners approached us. They had a, a desire to, to conserve uh, you know, special portions of their land. It's been in their family for generations, since the 1800s. And they wanted the peace of mind to know that uh, a partnership with uh, Nature Conservancy of Canada would mean that the habitat values and, and the habitat for, for species and birds that migrate through there would be there. So, so they retain land ownership, um, but they made the, uh, the decision to partner with Nature Conservancy to help ensure the habitat will be there, no matter uh, what happens to the land ownership in the future. And Carrie, I guess, um, just talk a little bit about this, this area in the, in the Inner Lake region, this specific mm-hmm. uh, piece of land. You know, what, uh, what are the benefits of, of keeping this, um, you know, the way it is now? Yeah, it's a really special spot. It's along Portage Creek. And that feeds up into Delta Marsh and Lake Manitoba. It helps clean the water, you know, for the marsh and for the lake. It's an important uh, habitat corridor. So many birds move through. Uh, move through. The, the landowners have identified an incredible 220 bird species, including many, many species that are that are listed as endangered in the country. And uh, it, it's just uh, almost a primordial forest that's been uh, managed so well by the landowners. Just in general, I guess, talk about the benefits of, of grasslands, you know, just what do they provide to the environment? Yeah, yeah this habitat has, has riparian forest on it and, and marshland and some grassland, and they all play their own, their own role in the environment. You know, they, they, they produce oxygen, they sequester carbon, they, they kind of hold water in the ground and then release it slowly into the creek. So it, it's really important um, for all of us that natural areas, these special places are concerned. With this type of project, what, what does this mean going forward? You know, is this something, um, you know, you might be looking to do with, with other landowners? Yeah, we're, we're definitely interested at Nature Conservancy of Canada from, from hearing from landowners that, that know they have kind of special areas, special habitat areas on their, on their farm or on their other private lands that, that they want to keep that way forever. And, and by working with Nature Conservancy, um, kind of co-planning what the future might look, um, we're happy to talk to anyone. It's, it's what we do, and um, it, it's, it's really amazing how generous Manitobans are in terms of thinking about future generations. But thank you again to Cal and Elaine Cusper, who, who made this incredible uh, decision to, to donate uh, to the Nature Conservancy of Canada and partner with us and all the other landowners in Manitoba who, who reach out to us with such generosity.
That was Carrie Hamill, Nature Conservancy of Canada, Director of Conservation in Manitoba. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Stats Canada released its March 31st stocks report this morning. Most crops were down significantly, including total wheat, which fell over 38%. John Drieger is with Leftfield Commodity Research. Real sharp drop. In fact, you know, that was that's an all wheat. And so Durham itself was was literally cut in half. Uh, sorry, non non Durham wheat. So kind of your spring wheat and winter wheat and so forth was down over a third. And and again, it, it's it's a function of, of just, you know, the crop was was incredibly, uh, incredibly small, as, as we all know. Uh, one of the one of the interesting things with with wheat in particular, actually, is is some of the data is showing that actually the amount of wheat uh, fed to livestock is actually up quite a bit year over year. And so not only is uh, was production way less, but actually we're feeding more of it because there's less barley and, and you know smaller oak crop and so forth. And so it's leaned more heavily on wheat. Meanwhile, total stocks of canola fell 49.3% to 3.9 million tons, representing the lowest level for this state since 2005. On Thursday, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food Marie-Claude Bebo announced an investment of over $3 million for two projects to enhance emergency management develop risk assessments and strategies to mitigate disease outbreaks. Animal Health Canada will receive up to $2.5 million for a three-year project under the AGRA Assurance Program to enhance animal health emergency management in provincial national associations. Swine Innovation Pork will receive up to $446,000 under the Canadian Agricultural Strategic Priorities Program to develop strategies to mitigate the impact of an African swine fever outbreak on the pork sector. Also of note, governments also recently agreed to extend the deadline to enroll in agri-stability to June 30th. Canola is one of the first crops to go into the ground after cereals. Justine Cornelson is with Brett Young Seeds. She talked about soil temperatures. Tight window, so acres are just going to go in when you can get out into the field. Um, you know, for canola, we like to see warmer um, uh, seabed. Um, so typically seeing soil temperatures up over that 5 degrees, even closer to 10 degrees. Main reason for that is, you know, when you get it into a warm um, seabed, it's going to allow for a really quick germination. So it doesn't leave the seeds stranded there, which we saw last year in our, our cool, dry soils. A lot of seed just sat there dormant and actually never did germinate. Um, so this year we've got the moisture, um, so that limiting factor will be the heat. And so when we can get out there, the, the crop is going to hopefully grow fairly quick into those warm soils um, with that quick growth period hopefully we can avoid a lot of flea beetle damage and manitoba farmers have been out assessing the winter wheat crop doug martin with the manitoba crop alliance farms in the east selkirk area from what i'd see uh, in our area here it's looking not too bad part of the equation is having a good snow cover and we certainly have that this year no we didn't have any melts or any uh, rain events i guess in that march early you know uh time frame and uh, I think it's uh, it's looking good. Uh, the flooding now will maybe take some of the some tolls on it but it, you know in general we get flooding every year and it seems it's dormant and seems to seems to recover from the flooding so uh, so time will tell I guess. Martin expects the warm temperatures this week will help the crop progress. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, May 6th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on this morning's Stats Canada Stocks Report. Most crops were down significantly in Stats Canada's March 31st Stocks Report released this morning. I got the details from John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research. 
Statistics Canada this morning released the, their their estimate for the the March 31st stocks of, of grain, both on farm and in commercial position, and and, and really as, as you mentioned, Corey, you know sharp drops, you know across the board, uh, you know for for the most part down anywhere from a third to you know almost half in, in many cases, and and yeah, I guess in many ways not surprising, you know I think the market was largely anticipating. Uh, the fact that we just had this you know, historic drought last year, and, and naturally, you know, production was way less, and so there's going to be way less in the system here as we compare year over year. So, uh, in essence, that's that's uh, that's kind of what they they showed us and, and affirmed, and, and largely what what people were were expecting. And uh, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, wheat to start here, down um, 38.7 percent. Yeah, a real sharp drop. In fact, uh, you know, that was that's an all wheat, and so Durham itself was was literally cut in half. Uh, sort of non non Durham wheat, so kind of your spring wheat and winter wheat and so forth, was down over a third. And and again, it's 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 a function of of just you know the crop was was incredibly uh, incredibly small, as as we all know. Uh, one of the one of the interesting things with with wheat in particular, actually, is is some of the data is showing that actually the amount of wheat uh, fed to livestock is actually up quite a bit year over year. And so not only is uh, was production way less, but actually we're feeding more of it because there's less barley and, and you know smaller oak crop and so forth, and so it's lean more heavily on wheat. So so part of the part of the reason that that wheat stocks are down, obviously the crop is very small, but also feeding a lot more as well. So so there's some of these uh, you know kind of uh, a layer two into the onion, if you will, that uh, that this report also shows that is is of some interest. Uh, total stocks of canola fell 49.3% uh, to 3.9 million tons, uh, lowest level uh, since 2005. Yeah, just a real sharp drop. And, and again, the same story with, uh, you know, as, as with other crops, uh, you know, production way down. Uh, even, you know, our, our exports are, are literally, you know, off by 40% from what they were last year. Uh Domestic crush is down a little bit, but not nearly as much. And so, in the case of canola, you know, we, we do still have a, a robust uh, processing industry here in our own backyard that is an incentive to try and keep the plants running. Maybe not at the pace they were able to last year, but still, uh, still at a good clip. So we're we're still using you know, rapidly using up what what little there was in the first place. And, and again, I think today's report uh, affirms that. We did see uh, stocks of corn uh, go up thirteen point point nine percent. Yeah, in the case of corn, a little bit of a different story. So first of all, you know, most of the corn is grown in eastern Canada, and, and actually they had a pretty good crop in eastern Canada. So, so, so a contrast there in many ways with, uh, uh, with, with just where the, con- where, the, where the production is concentrated. Uh, so eastern Canada overall had pretty good production, and, and their, their, their crop was larger compared to obviously the, the challenges we had in western Canada. Uh, the other dynamic in the case of corn as well is, is that we've actually been importing huge amounts of corn into uh, into Western Canada because of the the, the shortfall in, in barley production and oats and, and wheat. Uh, now I don't know how much those imports would show up in stocks per se because it'd get imported and fed, but but in terms of the overall picture with with corn, there's certainly some uh, some unique dynamics in that market that would look very different than say uh, you know for example something like canola. For soybeans, um, pretty much uh, no change there, just up slightly uh, to 2 million tons. Yeah, and also a similar uh, situation as the corn in the sense that uh, that heavily concentrated in eastern Canada in terms of, of production and, and reflective of, of their own good crop. Uh, our own stocks here in western Canada, and, and we haven't sort of dug into the numbers and they don't necessarily uh, break it down by province. 
Uh, but certainly I would, would expect that our own soybean stocks here in, in Manitoba would be down quite a bit because we did have a smaller crop for, for the same reasons as we had lower crops of, 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 uh, of virtually everything else. But, but overall, in terms of, of Canada and aggregates, you know, essentially flat year over year. And, and again, a reflection of better conditions in, in eastern Canada where, where most of the soybeans are grown. And uh, just looking at some other cereals here, um, barley uh, down 43.7% and oats also down uh, 48.6%. I guess just touch on on those two. Yeah, and and again, sort of a similar story, a lot of the same themes in terms of of barley and oats. You know, they've uh, they've both, uh, again, very small crops. Uh, which which is the the primary driver, but but also in both cases they they still had uh, and, and I think it's one of the interesting things in some ways when you have a really short crop like this is you sort of get a little bit of a sense of of how demand shifts or, or where it goes and so in the case of of of, of oats we've actually had a had a pretty robust uh, domestic milling you know actually uh, according to CGC data uh, you know milling volumes are actually ahead of last year despite the fact that we had an extremely small crop. Uh, or, for example, export data is showing the, the, the exports of oat products, not the grain, but oat products are ahead of last year. And so, so it's kind of interesting in the sense that stocks are down, and yet there's a, maybe a certain segment of the market that's actually using more of it, even though the pie is a whole lot smaller, and we, we've seen that at oats. Uh, you know, in the case of barley, it's also interesting that, that exports you know, are, are down, but, but certainly early in the year we, we had a pretty good export program. And again, you know, certainly uh, given how small the crop was, it was surprisingly large. Uh, and so there was more barley moving offshore than one might think, you know, given how small the crop was. And, and you know, some of those things, uh, you know, don't necessarily, uh, you know, get reflected or reported in today's report, but they sort of back into what these numbers are. And, and again, you know, just a fraction of what they what they were last year uh, for, for, you know, all these various reasons. And um, peas and lentils also also down over both of those down over 30 percent. Yeah, again, same thing, you know, just uh, just smaller crops. Uh, even with with export programs being uh, you know being way way down, of course the bulk of those crops do get exported. We do have some some domestic processing, uh, you know, particularly with with uh, peas. We've had some plants come online with the, with some fanfare, uh, but those are more heavily reliant on on export markets in terms of the proportion of the crop that moves. Uh, but like everything else in Western Canada, production way down, very challenging growing conditions. The pie was simply way smaller to start with, and and so that uh, that leaves us with. With considerably less here at the at the end of March, even if actual export volumes are also down sharply. And John, um, you know how are things shaping up here this spring? Um, you know in Manitoba here, we're we're still waiting for things to dry dry up. But um, are we seeing seeding get, getting underway in other parts of the Western Canada? You know there is some seeding going on a little bit further west, but but uh, yeah, it, it really is a is just it's an enormously challenging spring. You know it's really uh, it, it's hard to almost. Uh, uh, overstate the contrast in the sense that it's, it's very dry still through a chunk of Western Canada, maybe some showers in the forecast, probably not nearly enough by any stretch, you know, in, in contrast to here in, in the East. And, and as you get maybe some of the more Northern parts in Saskatchewan and so forth, uh, extremely wet. Uh, we've had some better weather here now in the last few days, but up until now, you know, far below normal temperatures. It's, it's a really slow start. Um, now, you know, suddenly you get a stretch of fantastic weather and we know, Farmers can, uh, you know, they, they, they can plant in a hurry if the window is there, uh, but the window needs to be there. And so it, it really is, uh, it is really a challenging start to the, to the growing season. And in a year when, as we talked about how, how small stocks are on farm, we know how tight almost all of these markets are and, and how badly they need a good crop out of Western Canada to try and, and replenish that pipeline. 
And, and this challenging start to the season certainly has, has a lot of people nervous and, and rightfully so. Again, if the weather really cooperates, you know, sometimes we look back, you know, six, eight weeks down the road and, and this is all just a distant memory or, you know, we're continuing to kind of fight through and possibly lose acres or, or get really delayed planting and people get concerned about yield and so forth. It's, uh, it's, it's a real risk right now. And, and again, kind of this, this situation where it's extremely dry in some areas and way too wet in others. That was John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research recapping this morning's Stats Canada March 31st stocks report. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has established an e-commerce resource hub where Canadian agri-food companies can access resources to take advantage of global opportunities to sell products online. Sessions conclude June 6th. Each week covers a different topic. You can register on the Manitoba Agriculture website. And the 2022 Spring Farmers Market Coordinator Gathering is being planned for May 13th in Winnipeg. The gathering includes workshops, lunch, solution mill, as well as time to connect with fellow coordinators. Get all the details with Direct Farm Manitoba. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon. Assiniboine Community College and Roquette, with support from Protein Industries Canada, are collaborating to develop and deliver Chemical Engineering Technology Diploma and Food Science Diploma programs. The programs are the first of their kind in Manitoba, with the Food Science Diploma being the first on the prairies. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibo sent greetings to this week's announcement. With the growing demand for healthy, sustainable plant-based foods and ingredients, Canada is well positioned to become the world leader in the plant-based protein industry. Our government believes in this global market, and that is why we are investing up to $173 million in Protein Industries Canada, one of Canada's global innovation clusters. The results we're seeing from this investment are impressive. Protein Industries Canada and its industry partners have invested more than $489 million in Canada's plant-based protein sector. I'm pleased to participate in this latest project announcement. This project will focus on developing two new three-year diploma programs at Assiniboine Community College. The Chemical Technology Diploma and Food Science Diploma will be offered to Canadian and international students across the prairies. Helping to address the labor shortage will energize this sector of the economy and will help Canada achieve the $25 billion goal for the plant-based food and ingredients sector established by Protein Industries Canada. This is also an opportunity to boost the participation of Indigenous students in this sector. More than one quarter of Assiniboine students are Indigenous, and both the chemical technology and food science programs will be developed to reflect the college Indigenous strategy, partnering with Indigenous-owned food processors and Indigenous communities, elders, and knowledge keepers. I would like to congratulate all the project partners and, of course, Protein Industries Canada for bringing this project to life. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. Assiniboine Community College in Brandon and Roquette, with support from Protein Industries Canada, are collaborating to develop and deliver Chemical Engineering Technology Diploma and Food Science Diploma programs. The announcement was made earlier this week. 
Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. In its March 31st report, Stats Canada says stocks of most crops fell significantly. That includes canola, which dropped 49.3% to 3.9 million tonnes, representing the lowest level for the date since 2005. John Drieger is with the Leftfield Commodity Research. Just a real sharp drop, and, and again, the same story with, uh, you know, as, as with other crops, uh, you know, production way down. Uh, even, you know, our, our exports are, are literally, you know, off by 40% from what they were last year. Domestic crush is down a little bit, but not nearly as much. And so in the case of canola, you know, we, we do still have a, a robust uh, processing industry here in our own backyard. That is an incentive to try and keep the plants running, maybe not at the pace they were able to last year, but still uh, still at a good clip. So we're, we're still using, you know, rapidly using up what, what little there was in the first place. And, and again, I think today's report uh, affirms that. Meanwhile, stocks of total wheat fell 38.7% year-over-year to 10.1 million tonnes. Durham wheat stocks fell 49.1% to 1.5 million. Canola seeding usually takes place towards the middle of May. Justine Cornelson is with Brett Young Seeds. You don't really start to see any sort of yield um, decreases until you get later into June. So, you know, it, going into May and late May will be okay. Even that first week of June and then lots of reseed acres usually go in at that time. Um, so... Thankfully, you know, it, it should, um, we should be okay on the yield perspective and, and really comes down to those environmental conditions. Um, you know, our, our biggest canola pest being flea beetles, they are going to be coming out and they're going to be active and ready to go here soon. Um, so we just want that crop to really grow through that period. And, and typically we see that early seeded crops get damaged by flea beetles. So pushing everything later might be, might be a good thing and we might be able to really beat that uh, bad window for, for damage. And conditions over the winter were ideal for the province's winter wheat crop. Doug Martin with the Manitoba Crop Alliance talked about soil moisture. We were way ahead of last year, that's for sure. You know, even last fall, you know, we we put our winter wheat in and we had, uh, you know, fairly showery fall. And yeah, it, it, that really helped it come along. And it was a long fall too, so it extended into the growing season, kind of extended into November. And we had really good growth on the winter wheat and that's part of the equation too is when you get good growth and uh, you get a strong large plant it's able to withstand a lot more diverse or, or you know a lot more issues than uh, say a, a smaller plant with only three leaves and a tiller you know sort of thing so we had a good healthy plant going into the winter which helps too. Martin expects the warm temperatures this week will help the crop progress. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.